A scattered dream that's like a far-off memory. A far-off memory that's like a scattered dream. I want to line the pieces up. Because apparently this game starts in a computer and half the characters aren't supposed to exist. Welcome to Gotta Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels, and I'm joined as always by Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm pretty good. Uh, have you ever liked the end of Kingdom Hearts 2's world so good that you wanted to go through them like a third time? <laughs> so, uh, we were punished by <laughs> Jet Monkey HD Gaming. Um... We have already recorded this episode, and we lost one of the audio files, so we have to record it again. And I think we were punished because in that original attempt to record this episode, we skipped Atlantica. And I think this is our divine punishment for those misdeeds. We kind of just were like, oh, none of it's really important, so we like lost over it in like 30 seconds, uh, like assholes, and now here we are. And this time we have real notes for it, so... Well, we is a strong word. I watched it. I have real notes for it. I'll probably end up skimming through them, because it's yeah a lot of uh, time for not a lot of things. But before that, we are going to return to the Pride Lands. Goof Troop are walking through the Pride Lands, and the hyenas show up, and the uh, Whoopi Goldberg one says... Oh, it's you guys. We were hoping for a meal. And Sora says, Hiya. And the other one that talks says, Don't give me any of that, any of that Hiya stuff. Thanks to you clowns, we're back to scavenging scraps for a living. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg says, Come on, it's not that bad. I enjoyed that weak dead elephant we had yesterday. Sora asks, uh, How's Simba? And the second hyena says, Oh, <laughs> we gotta laugh every time we hear that dude's name. Say it again. And they keep, the two of them keep going back and forth saying Simba and laughing at it. Simba, ha ha ha. Simba, ha ha ha. The mere concept of that man brings me joy. It's just it's uproariously funny. And Sora says, that's enough. And Whoopi says, I'm just gonna call her Whoopi because I don't... Shenji, I think. I think it's Shenji, Banzai, and Ed. I don't know where you pulled that knowledge from, but I trust you. I looked it up before, thinking I would remember, and then completely forgot it when we started, but it's returned to me. So Shenji says, go on then, see for yourself. Simba is a wishy-washy king. And Banzai says, yeah, I bet even some of those high and mighty lionesses wish they had a different king. And they go wandering off, and Goofy Should have been Sora. (laughs) Goofy says, Gorsh, what do you think could have happened? Sora says, well, let's go find Simba and see. So they go back to Pride Rock, and as they get there, they see a spooky ghost of Scar, all, like, dark and shit. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's Scar, but dark. And they're like, oh, well, we got to go tell Simba about this. And they go up to see where Simba would be inside of Pride Rock, and they're stopped by, I guess, Nala. Uh, All of the lioness character models pretty much look the same. 
but uh, they mention to her the ghost, and she says, oh, yeah, it's only an omen of terrible things to happen to us, but Simbo won't do anything about it. He's not that uh, good at being a king yet. Uh, not like his dad was. Um, and Sora and Goofy and Donald are like, well, we're confident that he'll come around, and she's like, well, that makes three of us, and then <laughs> leaves. And uh, they walk in to talk to Simba, who very dejectedly is like, you came back. Donald says, are you okay? And Goofy says, you don't look so good. Sora says, hey, Simba, how about we team up and do something about that scar ghost? Seems like everybody's worried about it, so now's your chance to show everybody what you're really made of. And Simba says, that doesn't concern you. And he gets kind of mad, but then he's like... Oh no, I just yelled at my pals. Probably shouldn't do that. So he says, <laughs> Sorry, I, I wish I knew what my father would do. Goofy says, Well, he's not here, Simba. It's all up to you now. And that means the important thing is what you're going to do being the king. Not what your father would have done. Simba says, So you're saying it's all up to me. And Sora says, see, there you go, thinking like he's getting it, but clearly he's like, oh god, everything's up to me, I can't do this. Yeah, uh, Timon and Pumbaa come in and also try and encourage him that, uh, you know, it's all about putting the past behind you and living in the moment. And then my notes say, uh, kahuna matata, which is not the phrase. Um, it's, uh, close. It's, it's closer than I got probably last time. <laughs> the big kahuna matata. Nala also joins... <laughs> And uh, assuming this is the same person we saw earlier is now nice about it and says, oh, I'm glad that you're, uh, you're starting to get it and mentions that she's going to have a baby with him. And that's a plot point that never comes up again. That's true. She says like, oh, yes, you'll make a safe world for uh, us and our child or something like that. And, then that's and it. yeah, just gone. That's it. That's the only. Um... Maybe they're maybe they're hinting at Kingdom Hearts three years something probably not though when uh, she says that uh pumba just goes like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we're supposed to to glean from it but uh it, it is my duty as a kingdom hearts recap er to tell you that pumba in fact makes that sound and timon says great now we're gonna have to babysit and sora says let's go see Rafiq, or is this Simba. Yeah, they, I think it's Simba that says, uh, Rafiki will have to know something about that yeah. ghost, but he don't tell them shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He basically just says, uh, Simba sucks. And they're yeah. like, yeah, we can kind of tell he's not on his A game right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he describes it as like a being with no body that has come here because of Simba's hesitation. Goofy says that kind of sounds like a heartless, but... Probably isn't. And then um, Rafiki says, This, don't know what it is. Probably shouldn't exist, but it does. So who, deal with it. And uh, Simba's like, well, this is useless. Um, and Rafiki says that the hyenas at the... Uh, Elephant graveyard. That's it. Elephant graveyard. Uh, they might know more. So they go there. And when they get there, Sora says, Whoa, like he's never been there before, but he has. <laughs> are you sure are you sure is it, is it not oh no he definitely has because that is where he started that's where he huh? starts the first... the first time yeah so that's kind of weird i didn't notice that I the mean, last he's time been to a lot of places since then a lot of stunning vistas i'm sure at some point you just kind of forget some that's fair they 
spot the hyenas, and Donald says, hey, you, and uh, Banzai says, oh, come on, can't you guys just leave us alone? And Simba says, do you three know anything about Scar's ghost? And uh, Shenji says... <laughs> For well, some reason, your delivery of that reminded me of, like, the most niche reference I could possibly make, which is... You're gonna have um, to make it. Dark Seed 2, where the main character walks around and is like, do you know who killed Rita? What was your relationship with Rita? That's the whole game. But no one's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, <laughs> If I just said, uh, do you know Armand Kristoff? Is, <laughs> is that anything? I don't think so. Have you seen good. Armand Kristoff? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the Shenji replies, Scar's ghost. And the... Ed, the one that just laughs, uh, laughs, and uh, Banzai says, maybe, and they realize that the hyenas do know, and then they, like, chase them around the elephant graveyard uh, and sort of beats them up. Yeah, no, uh, whenever confronted with a problem, uh, Sora just starts swinging his keyblade. So that's fine. I mean, it hasn't <laughs> hasn't worked out too bad for him before. Like, I can't think of a single instance where Sora used his keyblade and it was like, Ooh, should he should have taken a different methodology? Yeah, no, but like he just beats up people like regardless. Doesn't really hesitate anymore, which is kind of upsetting. But I guess you're right; it has worked out so far. Uh, but after they beat them, Simba says again, "Tell me about Scar's ghost." And uh, they say, "Oh, it's starting to come back to me. That that thing only hangs out around Frady cats." And then it appears. Uh, and my notes say that Sora says, Dimba, do something. <laughs> Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo. To which Scar's ghost says, uh, you must be a truly inspiring king by now, the son of the great Mufasa. Uh, but by the time he said that, Simba is running away. Yeah, he's just gone. Sora's like, ah, fuck. And I'm gonna start laughing at him and leave. Uh, and Goofy's like, well, Rafiki was right. And Sora's like, so he's still unsure? Uh, and they um they think they can they can help by starting to talk to Simba some more. Uh, so they go back to the Pride Lands, but he is not there. Second time, at some point you have to learn if you're looking for Simba, maybe don't go to the Pride Lands. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I guess he was there the first time, but just hiding in his little cave. Yeah, there was a detail in this scene that I missed last time. I don't think either of us talked about it, which is really upsetting now that I've caught it because in this scene. Rafiki's like, well, Sora tells Rafiki that he ran away, and Rafiki's like, ah, well, I knew it wouldn't be easy for him to face his fears. He has to go where he thinks of himself and not about what others think of him. And Sora's like, well, why the fuck didn't you tell us that up top? (laughs) With that information, Timon and Pumbaa are like, yeah, well, he's definitely at the Oasis then. So they go there. That's right. Um, On the way, they uh, tag along with Scar's ghost, or at least... That's what it seems like if you watch the Let's Play that we do, Gem Monkey HD Gaming, because uh, Scar's Ghost appears and you're supposed to fight it, but our, our Let's Player d- doesn't. <laughs> it just, just kind of looks like Scar and Scar's Ghost chases them, so it kind of just looks like he's the fourth party member. <laughs> it is very good. Uh, before we actually get to the Oasis proper, we see a cutscene of Simba sleeping, and he uh, sort of like, or maybe just laying there, sad. But he looks up and he's uh, sadly like, Father! But uh, there's no dad in the sky. There's no sky dad. And Not Scar's, this time. Scar's ghost is there and uh, says, Abandoned even by your daddy, I think, or something. 
Hmm, it seems even your daddy has abandoned you. How sad. And then we see a little bit more of Sora walking, and when Sora gets to the actual oasis, we see Simba being backed off of this cliff by the Scar Ghost, and Sora yells, Simba! And the Scar Ghost disappears, and they go to talk to him about everything. Simba says, it's no use! (laughs) Simba says, it's no use. I'll never be the king my father was. And Sora says, but Simba, that's not what you're supposed to be. You can't be Mufasa. You can only be you. Everybody believes in you as king. They just want to see what you would do. And if anybody's saying they like your father better, it's just because you haven't done much yet. That's all. And Simba's like, I know, I know, I'm, I suck at this. You don't need to tell me again in a slightly more encouraging manner. And Sora says, then stop moping and do something. And Simba says, I can't. And Sora says, fine, Donald. Let's go, Sora. Sora says, yeah, why stick around if he's not even going to try? Come on, Goofy. So they go, and they don't go very far. <laughs> yeah, they hide behind a tree. And Scar's ghost appears, and they... They ad-lib it? It's like... They, like... I don't know if I did this Ventriloquist, I... I don't know if anyone else had this experience, but I, when I was a kid, I would, like, mute the TV and make up what they were saying. That's basically what's going on in That's pretty wild. It was fun. It was always, like, news. <laughs> That's a, a new type kid. of fan fiction that I've never heard of. I'm very intrigued by this new medium. Pre-internet fanfic. <laughs> improv yeah. uh so the scar ghost appears but says nothing so instead sora and goofy and donald imitate ghost voice <laughs> and say taunting things so that simba will snap out of his stupor and uh, sora says the hesitant king will one day lose all his friends and donald says king simba the doubtfall and goofy says worried by a silly old ghost And Sora says, Simba, the do-nothing king. Donald, try and stop me. And then Simba finally takes the bait and he pounces uh, and the ghost disappears when he does. It was that easy. That's all you had to do. Yep. Goof Troop run out and they're like, you did it. And Simba's like, I'm so lucky to have friends like you by my side to taunt me and shame me into my responsibilities. (laughs) Yeah, Sora ain't great here in this world. No. (laughs) Like, not just here either. Like, most of it has been Sora being like, hey, Simba, you haven't done shit. (laughs) It's probably just because Sora still wants to be the king. Could be it. But uh, Simba does go on to say that he knows that everyone cares about him, all of his friends, and his dad wasn't so lucky. And Sora's like, can you please stop comparing yourself to your dad? God damn it. He's like, no, really, like, I have all of you supporting me, Timon, Pumbaa, and Nala, and y'all three, but my dad had, like, one friend, and then he killed him. So that wasn't great. So I need no friends, so no one will kill me. <laughs> yeah, and, No, he uh, doesn't say that. As we're coming to this emotional uh, growth, uh, Timon does run in and say, hey, Pride Rock is being attacked by, like, a billion Scar Ghosts. Shit's pretty fucked. So Simba... And, and pals all run back to take care of that. I think Timon tries to, like, weasel himself out. Simba drags him along anyway. Mm-hmm. They get back to Pride Rock to find Scar is threatening Pumbaa and Nala. They're 
sort of being backed off a cliff again. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And Sora says, we're here. And Nala says, where's Simba? And then he sort of walks through and Goof Troop bow to the rightful King of Gondor. Yep. And <laughs> uh, Simba walks up and the Scar Ghost turns to him and walks up and they face-to-face stare and right dead into each other's eyes. And uh, Simba's just like, fuck off. And then he does. Yeah, he says, get out. And then the ghost disappears. And Sora says, way to go, Simba. Uh, and Nala and Simba suddenly remember that they're animals and they act like lions for a little <laughs> bit and like walk around each other or some shit. Um, and then all of these ghosts from the, all of these scar ghosts from the Pride Lands congeal into a, like become a, a big ghost. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like a big heartless that has another big heartless riding it. But then they fight it, and they win. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know what else you expect to happen in these games. But uh, we go back to Pride Rock proper, and Sora, or, nope, Simba. Simba is standing up there uh, with Nala sort of just staring out over all the characters in this film that they weren't rendering. And Sora says, well, Simba seems all right now. And Rafiki says some shit. I didn't write it down. I don't think it matters. Uh, He says, ah, the struggle. Wait, hold on. That's later. Uh, Rafiki says, ha, the king has returned. The Pride Lands will not forget King Simba's courage or the courage of those who fought beside him. And Simba says, to Sora, Simba says, do you think your quest will ever be over? And Sora says, I don't know, but as long as the Keyblade stays with me, I think I'll have to keep fighting. And Rafiki says, Ah, the struggle never ends. That is the great circle of life. And Sora <laughs> says, Never, ever? That's really and Rafiki, depressing. And Rafiki says, Nope, you are cursed to keep playing sequels inside games until <laughs> the end. No, he says, uh, The secret to victory is a strong heart. Go on, then. Go, go, go. Go on, get out. Yes, yes. It is time your fight continues. And Sora says, till we meet again, your majesty. And Simba says, I hope that's soon. And Sora says, it will be so long. And then he never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end. We get the title card. And we're going to make another stop at Hollow Bastion. We immediately see some Heartless running around. And Sora's like, ah, fuck, I thought everything was under control here. We also see the uh, like town security defense system acting up. And um, they're like, well, we should go see Leon. I think Sora makes a reference to it being Organization 13, but I haven't seen them do anything in a while. Yeah, he says, must be Organization 13 again. Yeah. So they go, and outside of Merlin's house, they get attacked by some Heartless from the Tron world, Space Paranoids, uh, and they fight those and win, and then when they do, Yuffie sticks her head out of Merlin's house and is like, come inside. There's probably more words said in that scene, but... uh. Well, yeah, Goofy That's says... That's all, ha- all I have written. And then I have Sora <laughs> saying, wait, what happened to this place? And they're like, aren't those Tron heartless? And Yuffie's like, just please come in. Yeah. <laughs> they do. And they do. Sid is working on the computer. Uh, Merlin is harassing him about it. And uh, they start to explain that the MCP is just fucking everything up for everybody. The MCP being the master control program of space paranoids that was evil if you recall Mm -hmm. sid says that leon went over to ansem study to figure out what all the ruckus was about 
And then we cut to sort of a flashback of Leon doing just that. A door opens in the computer room, and uh, this I think it's the same door that we saw Zemnis go down, right? Yes. Uh, Leon steps in through that door and sees... I, what My notes say he sees the computer tubes making data heartless, because <laughs> I don't know. They're like... It's like, uh, I probably made the same reference when we recorded it the first time, but it's sort of like the real life parts of the Matrix where it's like people are being grown in pods, except Heartless are coming out of pods, but the pods look basically the same. Yeah, that sounds familiar. The last time I watched this scene, I realized that Leon has zippers on his shoes. I th- haven't we covered this? I think it was when we recorded this episode last. Oh. Uh, this time, however, I also noticed that Yuffie has, like, knee-high laced converse. I mean, I'm not gonna... That's... It's a good look. It's a good look. I'm just... I noticed it. <laughs> it's in my notes. <laughs> Gotta get me some of those. Uh, Same. Sid says, The MCP's been messing around with the town's control system, too. And Yuffie says, That MCP sure doesn't know when to quit, does it? And Merlin says, that's a computer program for you, because he's an old-ass man and doesn't know how computers work. And Sora says, how's Tron doing? And Yuffie says, we can't reach him. We figure he must have been forced onto the game grid. And Sid says, doesn't sound like a particularly fun game either. Donald's like, oh, and Sora's like, oh, and (laughs) promises to check in that that he should go check in on Tron. And Sid says, thanks, kid. We're putting together an MCP eradication program. I got a hunch it's almost finished, too. And Merlin says, well, I hope your hunch is right for once. And (laughs) this is an unvoiced cutscene, and Yuffie's the next to speak, so it's not like you hear Sid's reaction to being burned by Merlin. So he just, like, his character model just turns and stares (laughs) with dead, dead eyes at Merlin. For a while. Yuffie says, listen, we're going to need Tron's help when that eradicate... Whoa, why did I say eradicator so strange? Listen, we're going to need Tron's help when that eradicator's completed. Sora says, don't sweat it. We'll make sure to tell Tron. And Merlin says, remember, boys, we're counting on you. Sora says, roger. Then they go. Yeah, so they go to the computer room, and Leon almost swings at Sora. Yeah, but uh, Goofy says, gorsh, it's only us. And... uh, uh, Aerith says, what? Did I skip something? Does Aerith really just go from zero to 60 like this? She really just says, say you can talk to Tron. You can't talk to Tron if this room gets taken over. Yeah, no, that that's really the, the next, next thing she says. That's pretty wild. Uh, Leon says, did you check with Sid? And Sora says, uh-huh. And Leon says, and the Eradicator? And Donald says, it's almost done. Aerith says, great. Say, Leon, why don't you work with Sid? I have this place under control. And Leon says, are you sure? All by yourself? And she's like, she just fuck you. <laughs> stares at him, such dead eyes, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, in this scene, I noticed that Leon has zippers all the way up and down his pant leg, which is pretty impressive, actually. Sometimes you just gotta... Let him breathe. You gotta be ready. <laughs> you know? Um, so Sora's gonna go in the computer and find Tron and help him out. And Leon says if he's going in the computer to make sure Tron meets at the IO tower to get the program. And then they, they beam in to the cyber grid. We get a, like a zoop. We get a aerial shot 
of uh, the world Part sort of, of your world. That's later. Sorry, you said aerial shots. So. <laughs> oh yeah, fair enough. Um, and we get a sh- uh, a sky shot. That sounds stupid though. Okay, we get an aerial shot of this world covered in heartless, just like in armies, basically. You ever seen the Clone Wars? Looks like that. Um, I have. Ooh, that's that's doing this world a disservice. <laughs> Undoubtedly, the worst Star Wars movie. Mm, I would defend that, but not on the show because I don't want people to at me. Huh. So, they are they beam into the pit cell like normal, and they immediately see that the uh, what the fuck is it called terminal is working. So they go to the game grid. Um, but before we see them get there, it's a lot of cutting back and forth in this world. We see mm-hmm. Sid working on the computer still, and Leon joins them in Merlin's house and asks if he's done, and says says I would be if it wasn't for that old loon's magic. Yeah. Old loon, you say? He's only mad about the old part. He's very mad about the old part. He is a loon, apparently. He likes birds, so he's okay <laughs> with loon. Um, and Sid says, I'm trying to work here. And Merlin says, I'll show you who's old. And he uh, kills him. <laughs> he blasts him with magic. This kills the Sid. Sid, Sid has... Uh, no response to this at all. He just falls flat on his face when he gets blasted and just just resigns to the fact that he's been critically wounded and hands <laughs> the disc to Leon and says, I'm done. Yeah, the disc pops out just before he gets blasted. And um, one homemade program, a loony wizard special. And Merlin says, this had better work. And Leon says, I'm off. And it runs says, away and yeah. the computer is on fire. Yeah, their Sid's computer is burning, but it's fine. It'll be okay, I'm sure. No big deal. We see Sora enter the game grid. Tron is handling a lot of Heartless by himself, but Sora is here to help, and he wins. And then they go back to the pit cell, and Sora tells Tron what's happening on the outside, how everything's kind of fucked up because the MCP, and tells him that Sid is making a program to de-res the MCP. And Tron's like, that sounds great. Who is Sid? And they say that it's a user, and there's a lot of people out there that really care about how Tron's doing. And Tron looks up to the sky in awe. I don't know if that's <laughs> how this works. Like, they're gods, but... And he's like, I wish I had some friends in my world, but okay, <laughs> sure, I'll take some friends I'll never be able to see or interact with. Yeah, so they are on their way to the IO Tower and fight a ton of Heartless on the way. some point in the middle there, we get a cutscene of leon fighting his way back to the computer room it's very cool as he flips around and swings the sword i don't know if we were needed to be proven are you it's not cool it's cool very is a strong word it's like two little shadow guys i don't he's very cool he has a gun sword that he doesn't use uh, no he never he never shoots it he does in the first game at sora oh yeah that's true um, I think it just manifests in like casting a fire or some shit. Anyways, we keep going. <laughs> they keep going to the IO tower. There's uh, a fight outside of that room and then they win it. And then we see Leon get to the computer room and uh, he tries to use the keyboard, but he's not making any progress. Warning, user control is, ter- is terminated indefinitely. He just yells, no good. <laughs> uh, and Aerith says, well, let me try and takes the disc. This is your final warning. Stop at once. She just puts it in the fucking disc tray and says, Bon Appetit, and it works fine. 
uh, excuse me, she says, bon appetit, don't talk with your mouth full. Uh. And the MCP says, what are you loading? Uh, <laughs> it begs the question, what was Leon trying to do if he wasn't even attempting to put the disc into the disc drive? But We'll never um, know. I guess, <laughs> I guess he just doesn't know how computers work. I believe that, though. Yep. We see Sora, Tron, and the other two in the IO Tower, and it starts to light up. Tron hops up on the platform and sends his disc weapon into the heavens, and it comes back with the power to derez the MCP. It also has a power booster and flight routines for the solar sailor, which is now a thing that we have to know what it is. Uh, it's a weird way to introduce it. So Sora's just like, uh, so we're set then? And he's like, yeah, we have to go find a solar sailor now. Yeah, and they do. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a plank with... <laughs> A sail on it. I don't know. It looks a little more vaporwave than that. But yeah, it's basically I, what I, have, it is. I have another Star Wars prequel reference in my notes because it does look like Count Dooku's ship, but I'm not sure if that was ever actually in the films or just in the Django Fett video game. I don't know if I've ever... I don't know that it is, that it is in the flick. So that might be why I can only picture it in the video game. If you ever played Star Wars Bounty Hunter, it's a good game. Uh, and it, that kind of looks like Count Dooku's ship in that. Very, I've very narrowly narrowed down uh, the amount of people I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Anyways, this thing takes off, and they are in vaporwave space. Sora, Donald, and Goofy are admiring the scenery. And I guess I could also kind of... The scenery kind of looks like that scene in Thor Ragnarok where he goes through the weird spooky thing. Anyways. Uh, it's called the Bifrost, please. Uh, I was actually thinking more of the like Willy Wonka reference in that in Ragnarok oh, specifically. Oh yeah, that too. Um, but I guess that's true. The Bifrost kind of similar aesthetic. Anyways, uh, film references. Uh, so it's all we got because we've already done this, so none of the jokes <laughs> we make are funny because we've already <laughs> made half of them. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> um. Anyways, Tron is like, hey. Stay on your guard. This isn't going to be easy. And on cue, a bunch of Heartless appear and they fight. And then Sora wins. And they continue to fly. And they arrive at this castle tower looking thing. And Tron... Oh. Tron says the MCP is straight what? ahead. <laughs> uh, do you want to go over what just happened there? Because I don't... Are, are you okay? I'm fine. I had a burpee in the middle of my word. It was bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tron I just says want to make MCP. sure you weren't dead. I'm, I'm right. Tron says the MCP is straight ahead, and they go, and inside we see the MCP, a big Zordon-looking motherfucker, in uh, this big column-looking thing. It's got this ring around it. I compared it to Star Wars Episode One last time, the ending fight. <laughs> Again, touched on <laughs> several Star Wars references. Yeah. And they also see Sark, and Sora's like, who is that? Even though that's a person he's met before. You would think you would remember the man who kept you in kept you in prison for a while, but yeah, no. He's sort of seen a lot since then. And Tron says, "That's Sark, the MCP's number two. And Sark says, "Tenacious little bugs, your time is up. Prepare for de-resolution." They fight Sark, and then they win. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> that easy. And Sark says, "You're very persistent, Tron." And Tron says, "I'm also better than you." And Sark says. We would have made a great team. Uh, and then I have just written, Tron hits him in the face with his disc and he dies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Clocks that motherfucker. 
And um, they turn now to the MCP. And Sora's like, that's the MCP? And Tron's like, yeah, it's ugly, isn't it? The MCP starts to talk to Tron and says, we don't need users. Let's team up and kill them or some shit. I didn't write. We've advanced. They are superfluous. Be a part of me and together the world will be ours to control. Tron says, you still don't get it, do you? And uh, he stops spinning and he says, Sark. And then some time passes and he does it again. He's like, Sark! And he, I <laughs> snake! Give, snake! He gives, he gives him all of his functions. And then Sark Big Voice turns into Sark Big Boy. He's gonna do a big Sarky! Oh yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You, or Big Steppy. Anyways, um, <laughs> they fight Tall, Star, tall Sark, um, Tony Sark, and the MCP <laughs> in tandem. And uh, they eventually win. This fight is long as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But uh, after they win, Tron does this little, like, cheering motion, like, fist pumps. And uh, Sora says, Tron has a silly side, too. And he's like, I learned it from you. Dad. <laughs> I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> uh, he says, of course, I do have my silly limits. And Sora says, okay, then I'll tweak your program when we get back to the user world. And Tron says, you? Um, maybe we better not try that. Sora says, oh, how about it, guys? Singing Tron, dancing Tron. Sound good? And Donald says, yeah. And Tron says, okay, okay, fine. But before I crash, Sora, Donald, Goofy, and all the users out there, thank you. You truly helped me. You made me so much stronger. You taught me what friendship is truly all about. And I'll never forget it. As soon as I, I met you... I knew we were going to defeat the MCP and free the system. And Tron... Sad music starts playing. Tron hugs Sora. And Sora looks like he's never been hugged before. And Tron is like, isn't this what users do when they're sorry to say goodbye? And Sora confirms that apparently he's never been hugged before because he says, "Uh, it's a first time for me. No wonder he had no hesitation leaving his mom. (laughs) He had a bad Uh, family life. (laughs) Goofy says, Gorge Tron, it's like a promise that we'll get to see each other real soon. And Tron says, okay then. And he hugs Goofy and Donald too. He says, I promise. He steps back and away. And Sora's like, uh, hey, what are you, where are you going? And then he, uh, jumps off a cliff. Yeah, he just dives the fuck in. To the pit the MCP was floating over. Yeah. And Sora's confused and sad. He's like, what? And, uh... The whole tower starts to shake and get filled with, like, bright light. We cut back to the outside, the computer room, and we see Yuffie run in and tell Aerith that everything's fine now. Heartless are back to normal, that only the normal ones are there, and it's the even less of those than usual. And Aerith's like, good, as long as we can get those three back, and right on cue, they materialize into the real world. They're pretty sad, though. Yeah, Sora immediately is like, hey, is everything fine? They're like, yeah. Yuffie's like, why are you... Why are you looking so sad, though? And they're like, Tron just, Tron just jumped off a cliff. It's kind of upsetting. And then they... Yep, an alarm goes off. No sadness allowed. We hear Tron <laughs> speaking uh, in place of the new MCP, it seems like. And mm-hmm. they're all very happy. Donald runs up and starts smacking that keyboard, and apparently it's ticklish. This is very weird. I'm very concerned. Sora... Yeah, Tron says, hey, stop that. It's ticklish. And Sora's like, oh, Tron's ticklish, and like, Sippy steps on over and starts typing away. I love tickling my computer. <laughs> from time to time. Tron eventually gets him to stop and says, Hey, I found something from the archives to see what the town was like when it first built. 
don't first was built my notes don't have when it was first built that's it it starts to the computer close light whatever and we cut to outside of the castle we see cloud standing there looking up at the sky and he's like beams of light shooting up and leon joins them uh and says now i remember and we cut to see sid and merlin going outside and seeing it too and it starts to like rain these little like light sprinkle things he says just like the old days and merlin uh says how did this i don't have this exact line written down but how did this place get such a dreadful name as hollow bastion and now we see sora Aerith, and etc coming outside of the <laughs> castle uh seeing it as well and Aerith turns to Sora and says this you know this town had another name once and the camera starts to pan up at the castle and the title card for hollow bastion shows up and changes into what she tells us which is radiant garden that's probably important anyways the world's uh probably not it's fine you know yeah it seems like it's kind of weird actually they would include that right at the end but like we're probably not gonna go back are we Oh, never. Never. Well, that's the episode, everybody. There's nothing else that we need to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's go to Atlantica. We can't do it again. Uh, we can't commit this sin twice. It's, uh, yeah, then we're, like, dooming this episode. Um, Atlantica, we have to do it. We're going back to Atlantica to finish Atlantica. Sora has something to show Ariel. It's the statue. <laughs> Um, remember last time they were trying to get the statue, but they needed magnet? Sora has magnet now. She's very happy to have the statue. She sings about it for a while. Her dad comes and blows it up. She's very sad. They but go sing about it. You are skipping a lot of really important stuff because, uh, I do want to point out that this, the song that she starts to sing is, Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Damn, she a mermaid and she got feet. <laughs> Just because I really, I really wanted that for posterity. But yes, you're right. It, there's a very quick escalation of things where Sebastian's like, oh man, this isn't good. And uh, he has to write this song for the musical to make her get over the surface world. And it's not going to work. Um, Donald suggests that he could sing that part. Everyone pretends that didn't happen. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, why not? And they're like, because you are a terrible singer and you have a duck voice <laughs> both of those things are true uh sora i think has to get like a stronger lightning spell or whatever but when eventually comes back which we have all this stuff now uh they do the next song which is under the sea it does not really change ariel's mind and she's like i don't want to sing about the sea i want to sing about how our world can exist in harmony and she leaves saying that she won't sing some song that she doesn't care about. And Sebastian laments his struggles of her falling in love with a human, and uh, he does that out loud, and Triton hears it, and that's pretty fucked. We see Prince Eric dropping something, like a necklace or whatever, and it floats away in some rocks, and we need a stronger magnet spell, and then we get the magnet spell, and then we give it to Ariel, and then she's talking about being in love with a human, and then that's when Triton comes in and blows up the statue, and that's pretty fucked. And then she leaves, and it gets, uh, like, attacked, not talked to by Ursula, and she's like, I can give you the human legs or whatever. Just give me your voice and sign this contract. So she does it, and they go up to the surface, but she's, like, drowning or some shit. So Sora takes her up when... to the surface. What? I, I hate to interrupt your very good and, and very, uh, your, your fast pace. I do want to point out that when Ariel signs the contract and loses her voice, it, like, manifests itself as a golden light that escapes from her mouth, and... That's what, kind of what happens in the film, though, right? Probably. Either way, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, it's not good. But yeah, so Sora saves Ariel from drowning and takes her up and, like, just... I guess leaves her on the shore... 
because we just see Eric find her there, and there's just like a long series of cutscenes where Sora is like, "Well, what do we do? We tell Triton?" And Sebastian's like, "No, you fucking don't tell Triton. We'll just keep our eye on her and make sure she's okay." So they just kind of watch her for a couple days. There's uh, Sora supposed to be trying to find Ursula, but can't find her. We get to day three because she had three days to kiss this man or bad things happen. She didn't read the contract. Uh, so we don't fucking know what it is. But we cut to that last day and we see Ariel crying on the shore. And Sora's like, ah, that can't be good. And swims up. And we see, we hear Ariel's voice singing, I believe, part of your world. And it's coming from some dark-haired lady. Uh, and it, she's using it to control Eric. It's Ursula. Have you seen the film Little Mermaid recently? <laughs> This is that. Uh, the difference between that film and this is that Sora's like, this is stupid, and shoots a beam of light out of his keyblade and just blows up the shell. Again, something that he never does in <laughs> combat, but it seems very useful in these cutscenes. Yeah, it does. So it hits the shell on Ursula's necklace. The shell breaks. Ariel gets her voice back uh, and has this touching moment with Eric, and it's like, you, you have a voice. Why didn't you? I wasn't listening. Um, anyways, Ursula's just back in her normal form, and that's pretty fucking scary. She just sort of, like, uh, charges Ariel and takes her back under the water because it's sunset on the third day. She failed. I, um, just to rewind a little bit to where he's like, Ariel, you, it's, it's you. You were the voice that was singing to me. My head went immediately to, wait, how does he know her name if she hasn't spoken? And then I was ah, like, fuck. <laughs> oh, well, maybe she just, like, wrote it with her finger in the sand. And then I was like, but. Does she, I mean. Does that mean she can write, speak, and write English? Or whatever this man's language is? And then I thought that was weird. And then I thought about how they speak underwater, and I thought about the physics of trying to replicate speech underwater, and, like, you'd have to have some pretty powerful vocal folds to be able to produce audible speech through the medium of water, and then I just realized I need to stop. Welcome back to Game Theory, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Anyways... Ursula drags her the fuck back down underwater, and she turns back into a mermaid. And she, I guess she's going to murder her. Again, should have read the contract. But Triton shows up and tries to save her, but apparently the signed contract is too strong. And Triton has to take her place. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's literally like the piece of paper deflects the light of a fucking god Triton, and he can't do anything about it. But he signs it and takes her place and gets turned it's into a... the rule his, of law. I, legality! Uh, she, of course, turns Triton into a sea urchin, or I guess that's what that is, and takes the trident, and we see Eric there. I think he throws a spear at her. Or, like, kicks her or something, yeah. Something. Anyways, now there's a boss fight, but it's also a song, and they win and sing, and uh, we see Sora jump out of the water at the end and knock the trident out of her hand, and it falls and shrinks. At the same time, because it is normal size when it lands on Eric's boat, and he throws it through her. The man has a fucking cannon! Yeah. I don't know how he managed- I guess it is a magical trident filled with the power of a god, but- Football star Prince Eric! Yeah. Um, and afterwards, she's dead, I guess. She, uh, we see Eric on the boat talking to Ariel in the water, and he's like, It's okay now. You can come out. It's safe. And she, like, pops her head back under the water, and he's like, Ah, shit. What did I do? And she shoots back out, and, like, against the moonlight, we see her floppy mermaid tail. And he's like, ah, I'm even more into her than I was before. 
And uh, his actual line <laughs> is, uh, I had all this time and I didn't work on my swimming. Because uh, she's sitting there assuming that he'll never want to be with her now. But he just hops in the water and is like, you can teach me how to swim better, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what do you, you, can you breathe underwater, my man? <laughs> yeah, you plan on growing gills? Also, she probably can't teach him how to swim that well because she has entirely different physiology. Yeah, she the had... way she swims will not work for you, I'm a man. She had to learn how feet work. Anyways, they leave, uh, I guess, Sora, actually no, Sora is still here. Sora is still here for a little bit longer. We see Ariel saying that things went well with her father, I guess. I guess I don't think we ever fucking see that man again, unless he's in the song that I didn't listen to. But I guess everything's fine now. He is. Okay, then, yeah, he's there. Flounder says that this has to be Sebastian's best musical ever, and Sebastian asks something special of Sora, which I think is like, have Thundaga. (laughs) Anyways, it's the last song. They do it. It's about her falling in love with a human... I don't know, the plot of the world, probably. Eh, it's over now. Um, yep, they sing a final song, and Atlantica's over, sort of does the... Keyhole turning thing. Does the gate thing. And then sings to Ariel about how they'll come back. It's pretty bad, actually, because, like... There's no accompaniment. <laughs> there's no accompaniment, and in no universe can Sora, Donald, and Goofy fucking harmonize. Uh-huh. So it's kind of brutal. But we, get, but we do get the title card for Atlantica, and we never have to go back. Ever again. Where are you on the internet? Uh, but <coughs> are you? Did you die this time? Because <laughs> that seems even more likely. I've just been talking like nonstop for like three days. Yeah. I am on twitter.com slash ghost of Joe, spelled ghost of J-O. You can use that to find uh, when I'm streaming on Twitch or the stuff that I, I sometimes upload what I do on Twitch to YouTube. Uh, I've been playing a game with my friend Nick. I also do a show with Nick called Objectively Good. It's a video game discussion and critique podcast. You can find it where podcasts are. You can also find my anime rewatch podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. Where what was that voice? Where are you on the internet? <laughs> uh, I am at twitter.com slash thetraviswoo, and I do a tabletop role-playing game show where we randomly determine as many things as possible called Very Random Encounters. That's it. Great. You can find this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast um, and our pinned tweet on there or in the show notes on this episode. You can find a link to our Discord server. You can also find a link to our Patreon. You can back that if you want, get episodes early, get bonus episodes, be the first to hear our Kingdom Hearts-inspired, powered-by-the-apocalypse role-playing game that we are working on. Um, Patrons are going to get it first, but... I think we're we're gonna give it to everybody eventually. Like it'll of, be at least a month before it comes out. Just FYI. Yeah, there's we're we're gonna record all of it at once and then give it all to patrons at once when um we're done with it. And it's super great. I have a lot of fun. It's super exciting. Thanks uh so much to everyone who backs our Patreon. Um means a lot. Helps a lot. Uh, and I'm we probably need to figure out what that next stretch goal is because we hit that first one for the rpg immediately yeah we'll figure something out uh also i think everybody's square in this sense but like if you're at a tier and like you haven't been given like the discord role or um or the right you know if there's any like reward you're not receiving just reach out i think everybody's covered but yeah i think i just in case there's anybody who needs something don't hesitate to reach out and we'll get it 
uh, squared away. Yeah, some people have like usernames on Discord and then their real names on Patreon, so I can't match them up. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, just yell at me or Riley. Um, either of us can can square you away. And uh, let's see. You can also email us at memorizecast at gmail dot com. We're probably we guess we're gonna do an answer report after this game is over, which is very soon. So send us questions or anything you want us to address about how um answer reports are our spoiler filled episodes if i don't know you, you haven't heard them before um so yeah we're going to talk about how like stuff in kingdom hearts 2 affects other games i guess mainly that ending stuff i'm sure it's going to be a disaster uh our theme music is a remix of daily beloved by leg day courtesy of game chops you can also find a link to that in the show notes and i think that is all we got for today i think so too so that was our final visit to Pride Lands, Space Paranoids, Hollow Bastion slash Radiant Garden, and Atlantica. That was a lot of things. That was a lot of things. Got, Got it. it. Memorized. We were together. I'm Joe, and I write about games. I'm Nick, and I write about games. And this is Objectively Good, a podcast about games. Uh, vi- video games? What What kind of video games? Only the objectively good ones. The objectively goodest. <laughs> this is a show where Joe and I take a topic within the realm of video games, be it, what's your favorite baseball in a video <laughs> game? And we turn it into an episode of a podcast. My favorite baseball in a video game is Twilight Seen It. Yeah, they- <laughs> So every other week, we we show up, we talk about what we're playing at the moment, and then we get into our topic, and we we bring a couple games to the table, but we have one main pick that we focus on each. These games aren't necessarily our favorite games, so much as we're really focusing on the topic of the week. These are games that have good within them. Because every game has good within them. That's not true at all, but <laughs> most games do. And it's it, it's very special. I think we, we really get into, like, the things that games make us feel. Objectively good. Objectively good show about what makes games good check it out on itunes.com slash biz 